Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Dan, I got some bad news for you, bro. What's up? I was on uh, the YouTube scrolling through the comments mm-hmm. through just the field of, of, of comments that our uh, lovely listeners leave. Thank you for that. And I found one that um, I have to bring to you. Mm. Somebody told us that this is the worst podcast they've ever heard. God damn it. So is it my mom. Yeah. So keep your mom That's off the YouTube. Robin. She is our worst critic. She's so hard to please. I mean, she's critical. Let's try and make up for it today. Let's try and bring a little bit of value to the listeners in under 10 minutes. We have a new timer over here, so now we know we will not go over. We uh, probably still will. <laughs> yeah, don't hold us to anything. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about tech stacks because tech is sexy. And as you're out there building your portfolio, um, you're going to need to rely on softwares and tools to, to help manage the, the systems because it quickly gets crazy. So we're going to share some of our systems, some of our tech stack that we use here at Invictus that maybe you could use in your own operations. And then... Um, Maybe give some ideas of other techs that you could use that maybe mm. we don't use, given where you might be in your your process. So let's kick off. What do you think? What What is the top tech tool that we use internally, do you think? Jeez, I, the top? Top tech. In no particular order, except for this is the top. <laughs> A computer. Um, <laughs> I don't know the top tech we would use. I could tell you one that's been huge in the last couple of years, which was actually very surprising to me on the leasing side, which is Facebook marketplace. I mean, that has got to mm. be the biggest lead gen tool that we use to rent apartments. Now um, it's always been like apartments.com or Craigslist, but there's something about the algo and Facebook where mm. when you list something, you get pummeled by leads, hundreds of people, not all good. Totally. But if you can respond quick, if you've got somebody on the ball who's responding quick, they can get some good qualified leads. So maybe out of, you know, 100 responses, you might get three or four. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're you're just starting off, if it's just you, you can use um, chatbots with Facebook to then link them back to Google Forms that they automatically pre-qualify themselves, which then populates to a spreadsheet, and then you can reach out to them. So you can get hundreds of candidates coming in that you only see the people who actually qualify on whatever your terms might be. And it saves you a ton of time when you reach out to them to call. Like that way, you know, like, does this person actually have the credit score that they need? Do they actually have the budget to be able to afford this? Because a lot of people on Facebook, you'll get a lot of people that will just apply to everything and they are just horribly not qualified. I can almost guarantee you a bot's going to get you flagged, though. Facebook loves flagging accounts, so you got to be actually really careful with that. A bot for what? You said a chat bot. You can have a bot hooked up and responding to people? Yeah, if if they initiate the message, if they initiate the conversation, if you just use a chat bot to spam and solicit. But if people do that. Facebook's good at at flagging you, and then they'll uh, they'll down-regulate all your posts, and that is a nightmare. 
So actually sit there and respond to people. <laughs> well, you, you can do that, but Facebook actually has internal chat bots that you can. Oh, it's a Facebook thing? You can you can link directly into it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's there's tons of tools that, that allow you to do this. Um, Have you done that? Yeah. Yeah. This is how on my recently. Um, I've used it weird lately. <laughs> I've used it recently, but not for real estate related things. It was because. YouTube channel was blowing up and we we're getting so many messages coming in from people. Mm. So we were using that to link them back to the newsletter. Okay. Um, and that's, I actually learned how to do this from Frank Kern, who's like a prolific copywriter legend in the industry for like the last 30 years. And uh, he put out a course actually on how to link this. And it, it's actually very slick. It's very simple to do. You don't have to be tech savvy at all. And it's utilizing a lot of internal systems on Facebook. So, okay. Give it a shot. If you get flagged, sorry, but Facebook with real estate loves flagging you. I don't know why. Fair. Well, that real estate is considered a protected special segment, especially when you're renting or selling an investment. And so you got to be really careful in how you present things in those yes. because they're considered, um, what is it, protected classes. So you do need to be careful, especially if you're running ads. Running ads is, is a whole different thing that you got to be careful there. doing. <laughs> we're advertising a unit for lease. So try at your own risk. The, so I'm talking about when you're actually running like advertising spend on the, mm. on Facebook rather than you, cause we're just on the marketplace. We're just like making a free post. Right. And it's not necessarily mm. boosted and any capital going towards raising awareness. So like listeners can take that and just run for free. Like you would make a post on Craigslist. Okay. My timer is telling me that we need to move on to the next one. Cool. All right. What's the second one? Well, I mean, that was mine. What do you got? I think the one that we probably use most internally, if you think about it from a, like a hub for information, is probably Dropbox. Dropbox is pretty much where we keep everything that we're going to share externally. And then there's also a lot of internal sharing going on there. The backup to that would be the drive. The drive is great because it allows some collaboration on, on resources. And when you say the drive, you're talking Google Drive? Google Drive, yeah. yeah. I hate it, Google Drive. Dropbox, though, love it. Yeah, Dropbox is great. The Google Drive is great for collaboration on pieces. So, like, if we have a spreadsheet, we can all have it open. We can all be adding things. We can be sharing. And so I think that makes it very, very awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, another one I got is virtual tours i guess all mine are leasing related i don't know why um but this is something people started doing a lot more during the vid um and we never like fully lease a unit off of virtual tours but it is an amazing way to make sure that the people that actually show up to view a unit actually are interested because i've noticed some newer landlords uh when they're photographing units and trying to lease them will use very flattering angles and edited photos and then when people show up the unit actually looks way different but even something as simple as like a, a video walkthrough, make sure that people get a really good sense of what that unit actually feels like. So if they're showing up, they're actually interested and you're wasting a, wasting a lot less of your leasing agent's time. I like it. I like it. Um, what software do we use these days for actually running the property management side of things and leasing and maintenance requests and all that? Appfolio. The good old Appfolio. Good old Appfolio. Now, if you're starting off, I, I don't That's know. If, I don't know if Appfolio would be the thing to start with. Um, there's, depending on how big your portfolio is, there's cheaper free options and inexpensive options that probably function better. I think there used to be Cozy. I think that's what I used when I first started, and then I think they got bought by Apartments.com. Yeah, I can't remember where the number of units 
where it makes sense at Appalachia. I want to say their price point just starts at a number, a, mm-hmm. a unit number, like maybe a hundred. Yeah. I don't, know, don't quote me on that. But you but definitely yeah, you want have like a, a duplex. It's going to be like way too expensive to use at Folio, but mm-hmm. the, the barrier to entry is actually pretty low compared to like, I think Yardy and some of the other um, resources are, are way too expensive for you. Yeah. You're definitely going to want some kind of software though, for handling things like, screening process or credit checks as they're coming in on the application side. And then once they're actually into the property, signing the lease where they, a place where you can keep that information, you can have them set up to ACH for regular rent and get your security deposit. And then you can also handle like maintenance requests. So find a portal. There's a lot of options out there. Um, there's probably more too. We haven't even looked yeah. for years. I'm sure there's like umpteen million other options definitely don't do it from a spreadsheet in the back of a napkin which some people do where they're just i don't even know how they collect checks i I would never i would recommend never collecting checks if possible from renters and just go ach from the beginning as much as possible what other tech we got Hmm. i mean those are the two big ones i wrote down Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think other tech another one that tech. we use a lot or from like a playbook standpoint was notion so that's where we keep all systems and processes across the company it's just an e- another easy collaborative tool and again you could use the drive we've used it before for this um, I think notion is a little bit better though from a search functionality so it, I find it easier to find things in there than in the drive especially if you have multiple team members because the drive can be confusing depending on how a owner of a document saves the document. And Google how Drive is open. confusing regardless. Yeah. The it's, interface blows. Sorry, Google. What would you, what do you recommend instead? Dropbox. Dropbox? Yeah. But for, what about for like collaborative collaboration? Dropbox. Can you collaborate within Dropbox and have the same document open at the same time? No, that's where it's finicky. That's where a single spreadsheet in Google could suffice, but it still blows because spreadsheets on Google suck. So, Google just needs to figure it out. You can't navigate it intuitively. Interesting. Have you played at all with the the new Google Sheets AI that they've rolled in? No, I'm not. Have you guys played with the, the Microsoft Explorer or Edge? I guess I call it now Microsoft <laughs> Edge with Bing, and it like I have been trying to just get that away from my like delete it for so long. It always finds a way to pop. It keeps up. coming back. I have an Apple now, so I don't have to deal with that. But I remember when I had a a Windows PC, it, it was my nightmare when it would open and anything would open in Explorer or edge. One of the really cool things that they did recently, which I'm kind of impressed by is they integrated GPT with Bing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not a fan of the edge browser. However, having it open in another tab, just so that you can have the chat GPT linked directly in the search bar, which then makes the GPT link to the internet. So it can do live internet searches of like, hey, go look at this mm. this competitor mm. or this thing and write this um, bit of copy. I find it really interesting, actually. So good job to Microsoft for that because <laughs> no other reason would I ever want to use Edge. You know, that that uh, reminds me of something. This is something that we're not doing yet on the leasing side, but I, like a lot of people, have been playing around a lot with ChatGPT. And I think there's going to be a huge, um, obviously there's tons of stuff you can do with that, but just writing the copy for a listing. Mm-hmm is something that you could just plug in like five bullet points of data and get a really good, well-written listing so that your leasing agents don't have to try to muddle around and mess around with it. They just click three buttons, spit something pretty out. And Chat GPT is the ultimate tech. Oh, God. I mean, that we should have just left the episode of that. Like, totally. 
ChatGPT for all things. Another one, as you start to scale and you have employees that we use is Gusto for internal payroll and health insurance. I think they also link directly through there. So that's a thing. Do we not use Gusto anymore? We do. We do. We just, yeah, <laughs> we just, like yeah, we had an incident a couple weeks ago, so it's. Yeah. yeah, I think we did a podcast episode about things. We purposely didn't call out our payroll provider, but if you want to connect the dots, go back out, listen to Hell Week. We use Gusto. So mm -hmm. you can connect the dots if you want. Do you got another one you'd recommend? Uh, for payroll? Mm -hmm. I've only used two. I've used Paychex and now Gusto, and I would say Gusto is a lot better than Paychex. Um, but yeah, they had a, well, I don't want to go off on a tangent on Gusto. <laughs> it, it was significantly better than Paychex, though, from a customer service standpoint. Right on. So... That's some of the tech stack. I bet if we spent a little bit longer, we could we could come up with a couple more, especially on the marketing side. We use a lot of tech these days in terms of um, the back end product, production process. But hopefully this gave you guys some things to think about, some tools, some resources that you could start implementing into your, your workflow. So as always, we appreciate you being here. We'll catch you guys in the next episode. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.